0: Book Two, Chapter Three of The Traitor by Thomas Dixon, Jr. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recorded by Michelle Fry. Book Two, A Woman's Revenge. Chapter Three, The Trap Is Set. The next morning steve hoyle left town and stella began at once to put into execution her plan to entrap john graham in the meshes of her beauty and deliver him to justice she felt instinctively that if this man with his intense and romantic nature ever yielded to the spell of her love there could be no limit to which he would not go at her bidding with equal certainty she realized that the task would be a delicate one a task which might put to the test every power she possessed her whole being rose to the work with the thrill of keen cruel interest the interest of the primitive huntress on track of the rarest wildest and most daring game the first difficulty which apparently opened an impassable gulf between them was the suit which john graham had begun to regain possession of the estate the language in which his complaint had been drawn was the limit of bitter accusation permitted in a legal document parts of it indeed the court had ordered stricken from the record as scandalous and irrelevant stella's eyes danced with excitement as she read in the morning's paper the announcement of his withdrawal of this suit the news was accompanied by a brief statement which might have been written as a personal apology to her for the language he had used I beg leave to say to the public in withdrawing this action that I regret the overheated language in which the original complaint was expressed. Without a moment's hesitation, she seized her pen and wrote him an invitation to call. Her words revealed the deeply laid scheme on which her mind had seized in a flash of inspiration. She read and reread it carefully. My dear mr. Graham permit me to thank you for the manly words of retraction which you have used in this morning's paper your withdrawal of this suit and the generous manner in which it was done removes the only barrier to our friendly acquaintance I wish to renew it and ask you to please accept at once the position of my personal attorney in the settlement of my father's estate your influence in the courts of North Carolina your eloquence and genius will be of invaluable service to an orphan girl who needs the advice of one on whose integrity she can absolutely rely trusting that you may honor me by answering this request in person at three o'clock this afternoon sincerely stella butler john graham could not believe his senses when he first read this letter The boy had turned and gone without waiting for an answer, and he sat stupefied by a whirl of conflicting emotions. He read it again, bent, and kissed her name. He had never before seen her handwriting. He studied it with curious interest. Its deep lines revealed with startling distinctness traits of a remarkable character. It was full of long strokes of the pen with equal emphasis across, up, and down the letters were unevenly formed showing the self-willed imperious spirit that had refused to copy the lines set by another hand and yet the effect was pleasing and held the eye in a continuous surprise at its sensational curves and dashes through every line he felt the throb of an intense nature which seemed to sink into inaudible whispers of emotion in the queer little twists of the pen with which each sentence ended he placed the notes in an inner pocket had he received this invitation yesterday he would have locked his doors shouted and danced for joy at the opportunity to press her hand again and look into those deep brown eyes that haunted him waking or dreaming now it was a serious question within twenty-four hours he had received confirmation of two suspicions which had oppressed him since the night of butler's death that his father might have committed the deed and that billy was in the party of masqueraders in either case the stain of the judge's blood was on the house of graham and the angel of death stood with drawn sword barring the way of his happiness he would not seek the hand of stella with the blood of her father on his own he would accept the moral responsibility of his father's act or that of his younger brother he had reproached himself bitterly that he had neglected to know and teach his high-strung younger brother as he might the mother dead his father a hopeless mental invalid billy had grown up with no hand to guide his wayward fancy it was not to be wondered at that he soon recognized no authority save that of his own will stella's request had brought john face to face with the problems of his father and billy he must know the truth before he could answer that letter better to strangle the love that was fast swelling in his heart than wait until the hour when the call of love might drown the voice of honor he left his office and went at once to his father's room the major was dressed with his habitual care his linen spotless his boots carefully polished his thin white hair brushed straight back from his high forehead He was seated in his armchair gently stroking with his chalk-white bony hand his delicate ghostly beard while delivering to alfred one of his interminable talks of the old life of the south at times he forgot the war and the horrors which followed and reenacted the scenes of the past until his former slave too full to bear more would stop him tenderly and get him to change the subject leave us a while alfred john said on entering yes sir, the old butler answered bowing himself out with stately dignity john closed the door and drew his chair close to the major's father i want to ask you something very particular he began the old man smiled indulgently well out with it you young rascal you've been flying around her long enough i knew it would come at last so she's got you has she well well jennie's a fine girl my boy i danced at her father's and mother's wedding i wish i had more to give you you'll have to be content with the lower plantation and a dozen slaves to start with listen father john urged stopping him with a gentle pressure on his arm and try to remember have you encountered butler lately change our butler what better butler do you want than alfred he's an aristocrat to his finger-tips I wouldn't think of reducing him from his present rank. What has he done to offend anyone? I mean the judge who took the house. I mean Judge Butler. Ah, a man of low origin and no principle, my son, a renegade who betrayed his people for thirty pieces of silver, silver stained with blood, a dirty, contemptible office seeker. I wouldn't lower myself by speaking to such a man yes i know father john broke in but i'm trying to recall to your memory the visits you have made at night lately to the old home of course i love the old home i was born here i brought my bride here i'll never leave it except for a better world john felt a lump rise in his throat and rose to go it was useless besides the thing was unthinkable how could this feeble old man spring on one of butler's physique and stab him to death he couldn't except in a moment of superhuman frenzy which sometimes comes to the insane there was the thought which returned again and again to torment him aunt julianne declared the ghost was seen to pass through the hall and go upstairs but a few moments before the tragedy yes it was possible john peered into his father's restless eyes with a mad desire to lift the mysterious veil that obscured the world from his vision the horror of the sickening tragedy strangled him and he turned abruptly leaving the room he sought billy with a growing sense of helpless and bitter despair since the day of their brief quarrel which followed the demonstration before old larkin billy had avoided john since butler's death they had scarcely spoken The effect of this tragedy on his headstrong younger brother first led john to suspect his membership in the newly organized clan under steve's leadership john found him in his room reading billy i must have a serious talk with you the older brother began all right sit down the boy answered laying aside his book a youngster of eighteen who keeps to his room for days at a time and reads is either sick or has something on his mind which do you think billy asked looking vaguely out the window i'll answer you by asking a question and i want you to answer on the honor of a graham are you a member of steve hoyle's clan you have no right to ask that question was the hot reply yes i have john slowly said for two reasons as the organizer of the original ku klux klan in this state I hold myself in a measure responsible for its existence even in its lowest forms but that's not all my boy you're my brother and I love you Billy's eyes blinked and he looked at the ceiling he had never heard such an expression from John's lips before I wish I'd slipped my arm around you and told you that long ago I've always been proud of your high-strung sensitive spirit proud in my own heart that we were of the same blood and I want to ask you to forgive me for seeing so little of you and being of so little help to you. A sob caught the boy's breath. You'll let me help you now? John asked tenderly, extending his hand. Billy rose, trembling, his eyes running over with tears, took a step toward the door, turned, and threw himself in John's arms, sobbing bitterly. The older brother held him close for a moment in silence and slowly said at last, Now tell me, i was at judge butler's that night john sank to a chair with a groan my god i knew it but of course you know that i had nothing to do with any attack on a man in whose house i was a guest he went on rapidly the whole thing is a horrible mystery to us all every man in our crowd was in the ballroom dancing how did you know that john interrupted sharply because i counted them as they entered you counted them yes then you were in command of the crowd billy hesitated a moment and said yes john drew a deep breath and turned his head away in anguish i could not resist the temptation to lead them i wanted to see inside the old house again you understand i never dreamed of anything happening none of the boys were drinking no and there wasn't a fool among them they were all my chums and friends in town then go at once and tell them that i say to put a thousand miles between them and this town in the next forty-eight hours to texas if possible why asked billy with a touch of wounded pride there are a hundred reasons one is enough there's a price on the head of the man who committed that crime my men didn't do it granted But one of these fine days a white-livered traitor may crawl from your clan and claim his reward of gold or office you will be convicted in ten minutes billy turned pale and straightened his boyish figure well i'll tell my men to go i'll not run you can serve your men best by going the bravest general always knows when to retreat i'll stand my ground you must go i can fight for you better with a thousand miles between us i'll play a trick on my yankee friends this time i'm going to send you north into the enemy's country to college billy was trembling now with a new excitement his heart was set on a college career and he hadn't as yet hoped to find a way how will you do it he asked eagerly old nigger will take my note i'll borrow the money the boy smiled for the first time in a month oh john you've taken a load off my soul john's hand crushed the letter from stella which he was unconsciously grasping in his pocket and you've piled one on my soul under which i'll stagger to the grave he cried within outwardly answering with a smile and warm grip of the hand as he said quick now boy don't lose a minute there will be some heartbroken mothers in town tomorrow night there's but one choice the plains of the west or a prison pen i'll go at once billy cried seizing his hat and hastily leaving pale and haggard john slowly returned to his office he looked at his watch it was five minutes to three stella was waiting to receive him he could hear the low sweet tones of her voice greeting him and see her great brown eyes smiling their welcome but his mind was made up safety lay in flight he wrote a brief reply to her letter my dear miss butler i thank you for the honor you do me and the request you make i regret that i cannot see my way clear at present to accept your offer i have many reasons and i beg you to believe that they are very serious ones otherwise i would hasten to answer in person your call with sincere regrets john graham stella received the note with mingled surprise and rage and immediately wired the attorney general in the cipher code he had given her asking for the assistance for two months of the best detective the secret service could command general champion replied within two hours mr ackerman leaves here tonight he will report to you in independence tomorrow end of book two chapter three